Welcome to another episode of the Coaches Club podcast brought to you by HalftimeCouple.com. My name is Danny Cook and I'm pleased to bring you another fantastic episode starring our guest for today, Quinton Hode. Before we begin, you can catch up on any of our previous episodes on iTunes or on Spotify or on our website at HalftimeCouple.com. So without further ado, Let's welcome Quinton to the show. Quinton, how are you? Yeah, doing very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. So how are you uh, coping during this lockdown period at the moment? Um, yeah, doing okay. It's it's very different from, from usual life, um, especially being so um, practical with the, the things that, that we do. You know, you'll understand a lot of coaching your always out there so there there is no working from home as it is so it's a lot um it's a very different and missing football a lot but the return of the German Bundesliga has, has helped a little bit yeah it's certainly been a glimmer of light hasn't it yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so um let's let's get into your journey because I, I really want to find out um where your story began and how you got into coaching so would you mind just sharing that with us how how you originally got into to coaching yeah so um i guess where my my story differs from from a lot of people is that i didn't i didn't play football um at the younger ages i only sort of started playing football at about 15 um so i came to football quite quite late um and then initially even though I only started at 15, I sort of picked it up fairly quickly and got into it um, a lot and sort of wanted to go professional as as you do. Um, mm-hmm. And so I went to a, a college which um, played football every day and they, their main focus was was football and they like could guarantee you a scholarship to America because they got so much footage of you and stuff. So that was my initial plan. Um, Upon going there, I realised I probably wasn't as good as I as I thought I was. Um, but what it did give me the opportunity was to to work, um, well, play under some some really good coaches. And there was some working playing under UEFA B coaches and UEFA A coaches. So I got a chance to look at, at what um, sort of quality coaching looked like. Um, mm-hmm. So it was yeah about my second year of college where I started to get um, interested in that um really and that was when I first um I volunteered um at um a local rugby club um oh wow it was um yeah it was someone that my my mum knew um and they said that they they needed a, a coach and so my mum suggested me I'm not a massive fan of rugby um but I was desperate to get into coaching so that's how that started and that was going into sort of um different primary schools and sort of coaching the the tag tag rugby side of it and so that was my my first coaching role being being an assistant there oh wow i you know what i knew that rugby coat uh suited you that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um I, i'm sure quinton will come on to it later anyway but um he and i sort of cross paths and hence why why this call is is now on um but yeah he he one of these days we both had these massive rugby jackets on it swamped me um 
clearly it suited you. The rugby jacket was always there for you. So. Yeah, rugby, <laughs> rugby is, a, is a much colder sport to, to coach than football. And having your hands out to coach rugby is, you need those codes, I can guarantee you. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Quinlan, carry on. Um, so, yeah, that was my first sort, sort of step, step into it. Um, and then uh, from there, um, I started, that was my first sort of experience. So I could then look to do things that, you know, I could get into more football um, based roles, which is what I wanted to do. Um, and so I then joined um, a summer football camp um, company. Um, so that was then my my first taste of football coaching. wasn't with a with a club, but it was it was doing the sport which I wanted to do. So that was sort of a more facilitating role. So it was just about having the kids come. There wasn't really any focus on on development so much. It was just about the fun and enjoyment and um, keeping them engaged for a full days. But that was definitely a learning curve because having to have kids for like sort of a six seven hour day um is very different to the the sort of one two hour coaching sessions that that yeah. i do now was there um was there a particular age group that you worked with there or, or was you sort of um used with a, a variety of age groups so the holiday camps would normally be um primary school ages so it would go up to to about 11 um, so, I mean, within that, there's obviously massive differing ages and abilities, um, but I would I would move around um, them depending on, I'd normally, like, when I first came in, I would be working with sort of the middlest ages because that was deemed the easiest. Um, but, yeah, I did get the opportunity to work with, with the youngest and, and the oldest as well, which, again, can be require completely different different skill sets um depending on on what age we're then they each require different you know bring up different challenges um so good good experience working with that mm. yeah they certainly do um how just just taking it back a little bit but how how did you come across that role was it was it for a friend of a friend or was it because of the, the the rugby coaching you did within or with primary school kids that, that sort of led on to you find in this holiday holiday uh, camp company um no so we didn't have any um real connections to the to the company it was it was just me wanting to um make that change going into to coaching football um and so i had to go out and actively look for that so i i think i found it online i saw a job um advertised um and at this point i think i was knew I was going to complete my um, level one in the coming day. So that was kind of yeah. helpful to say that I was looking to do that. Um, what, sorry, what age was you at this, this point in level so one? I was about so I was 17 um, at oh, this wow. point. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I did, so I didn't complete, didn't get my level one till later that year so I was yeah. 18 when I, I actually got, got my it. level one mm -hmm. um, but to say that I was was going to do it was was a bit of a help I think and um, also to have that um, previous experience coaching I think if I if I'd applied sort of having no experience no qualification then I I definitely wouldn't have got it so I was glad to have um, 
done that volunteer rugby experience um, just to sort of set me off. Yeah, yeah, it certainly helps, doesn't it? Um, okay, so how long did you spend at this this holiday camp company? Um, was it was it just like one summer or one holiday season, and then you moved on to um, your your next step in your coaching career? Yeah, so um, it was just a it was a a summer that that I spent there, um, and then. Yeah, so that was just a, a summer job, and then obviously I couldn't carry that on while I was um, still attending college. Um, so coaching sort of took a took a halt for a bit of that year. I did um, I did a bit of uh, coaching with that uh, company during the other holidays like Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that went right through to the end of my last year at college um, until I uh, got my FA Level 1. Brilliant. Here we go. Good stuff. So you've now got your Level 1. You're, you're free to, to go and explore the, the, the coaching world, as, as they say. Um, where, where did you end up? What did you do with that Level 1? Uh, so a massive uh, influence for me was my university at the moment which is um, UCFB so I saw an advert for um, UCFB about halfway through my um, time at college and um, I, I was looking into it and the um, specifically the degree of uh, football coaching and management which I, I'm on at the moment and it just looks so perfect for what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to go into coaching full-time at this point so um, I applied for that and that became sort of my sole focus was was getting into uni and for uni the uh, prerequisite was um, getting a certain grade in my BTEC as well as having my FA level one so yeah. um, although that was a, a pain to sort out making sure my because as you know the FA certificates take a while to come <laughs> but, um, so proving to the uni that I had actually done my FA level one when I'd only done it a few months before I needed to join was was a bit a bit stressful before that. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I got into UCFB. Um, so I came to London um, that year and um, then got my first proper coaching role with. Um, a team in it was in October because university were suggesting that you always work alongside a team while while at university as well so I went out and looked for one and luckily there was one right by where I lived um, which I'm sure your listeners will know is um, Kinder FC. <laughs> it's um, a very popular buzzword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. yeah that UCFB and, uh, and, and Harry's come up quite a bit so uh, yeah, they're, well, they're probably our buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that leaves me on because I, uh, so I emailed Kendra FC and ended up having a interview with Harry um, himself, and um, he managed to um, find me a place with the under thirteen girls, um, which I initially was um, supposed to join as an assistant, uh, which I thought would be a good role given I hadn't. Um, 
coached an actual team before so it was all new to me I hadn't been in that environment um, I hadn't even played at, at under 13 level myself so it was all very new to me um, but within I think it was a few weeks in the um, manager had to leave for various reasons and so I ended up with with the the manager job for the under 13 girls for the for the season which was um, a very uh, interesting learning experience <laughs> for me. I mean incredible though you you you've come in and uh it's just sort of hoisted upon you um pretty much early doors but um fair play to you for taking the challenge um just uh, by this point had you um had you have uh, delivered your your first sort of coaching session for UCFB yet had you done anything in your your because uh, I, I believe on your course it's probably more practical seminars um did you yeah, do any yeah. actual delivery? It's it is it is very practical. Um, first year, first term was um, sort of a lot of uh, watching and mm-hmm. and taking in. So we would, um, you know, it would be the lecturers giving practical. So it's it sort of more like being being a player all the time, which which was great fun. But um, <laughs> um, no, so I hadn't actually um, delivered a session before. Um, I'd never really planned my own session before, at, uh, even at the um, um, summer camp company. You know, it would yeah. all be planned out there, say, I'll oh, do these games and take these kids, whatever. Whereas, whereas now it was me having to, you know, an hour and a half session and I've got to make um, a session plan by myself, which which was new to me. But luckily, um, something that is so valuable being at, at UCFB is that you've got all these experienced coaches around you you've got coaches your own age in the same boat around you so I've got you know a a plethora of of people that I can can go to and talk to if I have any questions which has always been so handy yeah no doubt no doubt um the so the reason why I come on to this question I I spoke to another coach um he used to coach he used to do the course at UCFB um, again, spoke you know, well about the actual experience, um, but he he sort of enlightened me on how how nervous he felt actually delivering that first session. I wondered if that was a shared exp- experience for you as well when you you delivered your first session. Was you nervous there um, compared to when you're delivering uh, a bulk standard session somewhere else? Yeah, a hundred percent. He's he's spot on with that. Um, it's it's different at, at UCFB uh, because you know that everyone there is coaches. You've got way more experienced coaches watching you as well. Um, so you're definitely nervous you're trying to prove that you are, you know, a good coach in that. Um, so there is, there's definitely a lot uh, to think about, but mm-hmm. um, it's good because it, it pushes you and you're always thinking about it. Whereas sometimes you might, you know, go into cruise control when you're just coaching your 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 normal team but whereas when you you deliver at UCFB you're you're really sort of scrutinizing yourself and thinking about every every detail which is key because you know that if you don't scrutinize yourself then you're going to get um your session's going to get picked apart by everyone else and that's the thing that um first year it takes a while to get used to is that your session is going to get slated in a constructive way but it is gonna you're gonna get you know bombardment or feedback 
which um you know you're not just going to get your oh yeah good session that was fun you're going to get a lot of of detail which takes a lot of getting used to in first year but come second year you're you're grateful for it and you'd much rather that your peers were giving you negative feedback that you can work on rather than just saying oh yeah that was good so um it's definitely a, a different ball game when you're you're coaching at UCFB but it um it's definitely worth worthwhile in the long run mm, yeah and I can imagine that's that's that sort of that first year takes a bit of adjusting to um to 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 go from a different mindset of you know you've got all these coaches here oh god you don't want to put in a bad session or anything like that yeah. so um it's, it sounds like quite a unique experience in that sense definitely okay uh just want to move it on slightly um still with ucfb um and your course so far uh what would you say is the the module or the area of study that you've enjoyed the most on your course um so yeah there's been a lot really we cover a lot of um different stuff which is good some aren't as um attached to maybe coaching as as um you'd like but it's good to to get that broad spectrum um you look at things like um talent identification which would i suppose comes from more the scouts uh, perspective but also um you know you can see how it can be utilized in in your own coaching um the one for me that has stood out is is the one that we did um as most recently was the term just gone which was um football tactics and strategies and why is and that it's the, it's the first sort of um module that that goes into real detail about the 11 aside game um and where the mindset is is purely winning and it, it's about how you can exploit your opponent's weaknesses and maximize your strengths and it, it looks at the different formations and their weaknesses and strengths and um that's when you get a real um chance to to coach sort of an 11 aside game at, at university um, whereas prior to that um, especially in first year it's a lot about sort of the fundamentals of coaching the the development side um, getting everyone just involved really whereas you know this module was was massive for being able to actually read read the game and and focusing on those those tactics and and strategies that ultimately make sort of the elite managers um so good um so yeah that's it's definitely been a, a fun one because we've done a lot of 11 aside stuff um but i think this this term i've learned um so much um just from being able to to see the the our lecturers as well coaching in that 11 aside um game something that you don't get the chance um to do so much in um you know with 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 your sides, youth sides especially, but you know, to have a full like sort of squad of of 22 is going to be very rare at this sort of grassroots level. Yeah. So to be able to see, <laughs> you know, um, a UEFA A coach who um, coaches at Reading Academy to do a um, full sort of match coaching session where he stops it and and highlights things is is um, yeah, really valuable experience. I'm sure it is. Um, 
Okay, brilliant. Have you got just sort of final question really on the UCFB element, but um, if if someone was interested in doing the UCFB sort of uh, coaching course that you're doing or one of the, the variations of it, um, what, what sort of advice would you give to them before going on to the course? Um, so... I said, well, so there's there's definitely a, a variety of, of courses. If if you're looking to do coaching, um, football coaching and management, it certainly isn't isn't the only one you can get into. I think you can pinpoint what job you want to go into, and there will be a course that will get you exactly on that path route at, at UCFB, which is is so great about it. If you're interested in that sport and especially football, um, before if you're going into football coaching and management or any any coaching degree, I'd say just try and get um, as much experience as possible, um, even if it's volunteering, volunteering for a different sport um, that's not necessarily football, I think can can be valuable. Um, so even if you can't get a football role, get a role coaching rugby or cricket or tennis, because to be able to broaden sort of your um, coaching knowledge will we'll, be massive when you do come in into coaching football um, so get as much experience get used to coaching out on the grass um, and being able to talk in front of those those groups of people and then when you when you go just don't don't be shy about it like everyone's gonna make mistakes there but the more you sort of put into it and go okay yeah when they say we need someone to take um, an arrival activity just throw your hand up and and go into it because that experience there where you're going to get a little bit of criticism afterwards is going to have a massive um, effect, positive effect on your, your coaching at, at your club. Yeah. Great, great advice there. Um, okay. So I want to revisit the where <laughs> before we sort of went on a bit of a tangent there, <laughs> um, which was Kinja and you working with the, I believe under 13 girls team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, talk me through I mean we, we don't need to go into too much detail but just talk me through how you found that 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 experience um was there any lessons that you learned um and 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 ultimately what what happened as a consequence that sort of got you to where you are now really um yeah so lots of lots of lessons really I suppose um dotted about throughout the season um so the initial challenge I suppose was that I was um coaching by myself so I didn't have any assistance or anything um, to rely on so it was me um, making sessions uh, week in week out which um, you know for my first season in football can be a bit um, bit draining you know it's very consistent you got to think of all these sessions up again again and again Um, so that was sort of sort of the first challenge that it you know it was also relying on me um, towards the end of the season, um, sort of second half, I managed to to rope in a couple of of my friends from UCFB to to help me out, which w- which was massive. And I think in the, towards the end, we had we had three of us coaching um, there, which was a massive help. We were able to split the girls up into into three different groups, so we could work on the attack, uh, defence, and goalkeeper, which was was really beneficial for them. Um, but yeah, I think it's a if when you're coaching by yourself, it's important to have uh, maybe a, a, a season long or at least a, a term long plan as to 
what you're going to cover at, at different points. I think that just helps um, helps you to, to to plan things in advance and have a have a structure throughout. Um, the approach I took was the the putting out fire approach, which I'm sure a lot of new coaches often go towards. Is the just see a match? What did we do bad? Okay, we'll we'll do that. Um, which you know can have its benefits at points, but um, uh, especially at younger ages, it's important that the girls get a a wide variety of of um, sort of football education, so that at the end of the season, you know, you can say, yeah, I've taught them every um, principle of play and the attacking and defending, um, and you can you can say you you've covered that. Um, also. It was all very new to me, so I had I'd never given a, a half-time team talk before. Um, how was that? How how was that delivering your first sort of half-time team talk or or pre-match team talk? Um, very very nerve-wracking uh, because there was there was a lot of things on match days that you know I was was not very certain on at all. Um, <laughs> like obviously I'd never had to deal with. Um, having organizing refs like checking if they were there i had no idea how to like um if i needed to go and check where the away opposition were if we were the home team and i'd needed to contact them and there was there was so much going on 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 match days it was it was all a lot for me and you know i didn't know if there were specific rules on where parents needed to stand um so i sort of had um yeah, the parents would come gather round at the half time and I would say a few things and it was things that I had noticed, but a lot of it was trying to fill the time rather than being sort of constructive, um, all things I was saying. So it, it would get a little bit um, waffly at, at times, I'm sure. Um, I and think then we've par- all done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, parents would then... Uh, chip in as well when they would say their thoughts um, which would bring up other challenges um, in terms of you know if I didn't necessarily um, think that that was going to be be the best thing so um, yeah there was a lot a lot of different things going on and I'd say match days was definitely definitely one of the hardest parts for me being um, new to coaching. And I guess you alluded to it sort of earlier on, but match days, you am I right in thinking you were by yourself? Like you was the only coach there for that team? Yeah. Yeah. So um, even towards the end when I, got, I managed to get other coaches to um, to come to training, that they weren't um, available on, on match days for various reasons. So all throughout the season, it was it was me by myself taking um, taking them, which again is other other challenges. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so um, what what's your next steps following that team? Where, where did you go next? Uh, so at the end of the season, um, I felt like I'd I'd developed a lot um, as a coach, and I was looking maybe for um, a new challenge uh, that was gonna gonna push me more. Because I I believe if you if you start to feel comfortable in a coaching position, then you you probably are in the wrong coaching position, especially at, at younger ages. You, um, you know, I want to be pushing myself. So I spoke to to Harry um, and had a chat with him about about this and said what I was looking to do. Um, and he was yeah really uh, facilitating 
Um, he gave me a couple options as to, you know, where I could stay within Kinja, but potentially challenge myself. Um, and it was at that point that he uh, mentioned that Prani, the manager of the um, ladies team, was looking for an assistant. And so that sounded like a, a great opportunity for me, definitely a massive um, step up. And it, it sounded like a great role. So uh, I sent off my CV and everything to Prane that, uh, that summer. And um, he got back to me saying that um, he'd love to have me on board. And so Brilliant. this season I've been, been assistant coach for the ladies first team. Fantastic. And how have you found that, that, that sort of step up from youth football into adult football? Um, yeah, it's, it's very different. Um, I think working with, with Pirani has been, been a massive help. He's a very experienced coach and he's, um, I think we match up in terms of our coaching philosophies as well, um, in a sort of democratic, uh, approach where we're, um, we like to keep things, um, calm. It's about the players and we have, we do have a massive um, emphasis on development so I think working working with him has, has been a good um, transition into, into adult football um, he's sort of been able to um, ease me into it with um, having that similar similar coaching styles and in in the women's game I think it's there's a lot more uh, development to be had in some cases I think a lot purely because a lot we've got women in in our team that have only started playing um, maybe that season or the season prior or have only maybe done a bit of five aside um, so they learn very quickly and they're eager to learn so having that um, development sort of approach is is a is a massive part to to how we coach um, whereas I think you know a lot of definitely men's sides that I've played in you've you you've had players that have you know everyone's sort of played since under 12 whereas you know women um sort of find football a, a bit later potentially um so yeah it's it's been a a really good experience being able to to work with um an adult an adult team and maybe take a step back being being an assistant so there's there's less of that that pressure and being able to watch it an experienced coach which is i i think what i what i needed in that in that first season to be able to work alongside another coach yeah um and i was actually just going to ask you i i, I know um i know probably the, the situation is a little bit different but um is it something that through your experience with with camden uh, the the women's t- women's side that you would now prefer to have a a secondary coach and assistant coach with you on match days um, to sort of bounce ideas off of, or whether you'd still, if given the opportunity, go solo by yourself again? Um, definitely. I would always say to have, have another coach. Um, I can't see any pros really from not having um, an assistant. I think even, um, you know, match days is, is something that if you're just one person by yourself, there's going to be things you're going to miss. I think there's too much 
to think about, like I said, with you know various organization parts, if you're having to think about all that and deliver a team talk and think about tactics, it it can be very, very draining and you're bound to to miss things. So having having an assistant, things like on match days, me and um, Prane can split the he takes attack, I take the defense, and then we can really look in into the key details. It also allows for you know training sessions to you can switch between you who's who's the lead coach, which means that one can a not have to to plan something, but they can also look in into more detail while you're organizing the session. They can really hone in on on what's actually happening within it. And I think last season Prani was also um, coached by himself with with the ladies team, so um, he was um, very keen to have have an, an assistant. And we've sort of had uh, chats about the various difficulties that there are, because um, obviously that means that if you're the only coach, you've got to be at every single training session and every single match. Whereas it it gave him a little bit more freedom having having me there that that he could take some weeks off if if need be. Yeah, you know what, you're, you're bang on the money there. I uh, completely agree with all of that. Um, uh, for me as well, I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I end up having conversations with myself on the sideline. You know, <laughs> no one, no one to talk to. Yeah. I end up chatting to the players. Like, you know, what, what, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, okay. So you're still at Camden now. Um, but there was also another opportunity that you, you, you went and pursued sort of last season. Uh, do you mind just yeah. sort of delving into a bit more detail with that? Yeah, this, this was a, this came as a, as a big su- surprise really out of nowhere it was um, late in the, in the summer, um, maybe a, a few weeks before I'd start, which start training with um, the, the ladies team and um, Prane rang me up asking if I, I wanted a coaching job um, at a school um, and um, it would be like three to five days a week or something like that and um, it would be paid and I was a bit unsure at first so I was thinking I'm going back to uni I've got you know a lot of things to do and it's it's working in a school which which um, I'd done before with after school club so yeah um, I wasn't too sure on it but I said that Prana could give the person my my contact details um, and I'd I'd speak with them, um, which he did. And I, I subsequent subsequently went in for a interview. Um, so this was with the American School in London. Um, and yeah, as I as I turned up, I you know with no thoughts really about what the school was or or anything, I turned up and it was a very nice school with. Um, security guards on on the on the gate which I had to to get through and say I was here for a, for a meeting um and then once once I'd spoke to the uh, head of the athletics department um about what the job was um I mean I was I was completely sold it literally it sounded like the absolute dream and once working there it it really was um so I worked uh, I did five days a week um Monday to Friday and on uh, three of those days, I took the um, junior, junior varsity squad, which is sort of the under 15 squad age group. Um, and then 
They also took the seventh grade girls team, which is about under 13 age group. So similar to what I'd, I've been working with the season prior. So, I mean, there you go. You, you, you've got the link with the under 13 girls anyway. So uh, yeah. that's that's a, a bit more familiarity, <laughs> I guess. Um, and then you've got the, as you say, the JJV boys. How did you find that at first? Because was was that the first time you'd coached boys that age? Before? Yeah, so that that was my first um, boys team and my first 11-a-side team, really, um, because, um, I, yeah, we started um, ASL before um, Camden had started, so yeah. that, that was my first um, experience working uh, in 11-a-side, which, um, yeah, was, was new to me, um, but... I think there there's things that I could take from my um, previous season. You know, it wasn't completely redundant because it's a different gender, different age group. There's a lot of things I, I could take away from that. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really good experience. And I'm glad that I've now been able to work in, you know, different age groups and different genders. Um, and the great thing about ASL is that the facilities there are amazing and you know to, to say that you have you know the option of working on a full 11 a side pitch or you can switch to a seven a side pitch at any point um within the training session is a luxury that um a lot of coaches don't have but it made it very um easy and enjoyable for me to to coach that i could have that variety in in my training sessions and do uh, maybe more adventurous sessions that I hadn't been able to do before. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a great experience. Um, and as well, something that that was new to me was having to work with a team um, that is considered the the third team of the school. So there is a, a progression for for boys to go up, and it, it's um, a big sort of mental side of it is the how you can motivate the boys to to want to work hard to be able to push up into to JV and and the varsity squad, um, which which was a massive learning curve and something that was that was new to me. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean that was the thing I was going to ask actually. Um, having been in 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 your shoes the, the year before, um, yeah. I, myself and <laughs> and another coach, we 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 definitely felt those struggles um, when. And I don't know, I'm sure we spoke about it before, but um, whether, whether you had like half a squad that was, you know, really focused, really driven, really wanted to push on. And you, know, you had half a squad who was here to have fun and both completely valid reasons. But that was that was the state of the, of the team, really. Um, whereas the higher up you go, the more sort of focused and, and competition focused they are. Um, I wondered if that was still the case with you. Um, with your ex experience there yeah it, yeah it really was um and which is hard to um you know you you want that team unity and if you can all share the same motivation um you know that's great and for me if I was in in their shoes I would definitely be varsity would would be my my main goal before mm -hmm. I left that school um for other boys it's different which you know might be hard to get my, my head around at, at some points that they're just there to you know 
have fun, which you know is perfectly valid. Um, but for me, I'm a massive, you know, I want to push myself, and the competition is is really important for me. But um, you know, and I've got you know no problem if it's you know that everyone wants the main goal to be fun. It's like yeah, we don't care about that. Then that's fine. But when you've got you know two different, it's that's when the challenges start to mm. come in, and you've got to sort of um, accommodate for both. I think you know one of my mistakes might have been waiting until sort of halfway through the season when I realized that people had different motivations it was then that I asked who actually wants to get JV next season who wants to get Varsity by the end of their school time that I realized that there really was um a just a big disparity between yeah yeah but once I'd done that I was able to sort of have that maybe individual focus at points so it's like we can have a fun um session that has got some development but i can say to this person who wants to make varsity i can say why don't you try only having two touches and they then get more enjoyment from that knowing that they're getting that work and they're getting all the coaching that they can to try and and uh, complete their goal mm, yeah you're bang on there um how did you find the managing up process because this is something that I, I'm still sort of trying to, and I, I, you know what, I think it's something that you can never perfect. Um, I think you can, can deal with it, but I feel there's probably always ways that you can, you can better the situation. Um, how, how did you find sort of managing up when you're, you're losing players as such uh, to, to myself uh, because I'm losing players to, to varsity? Like how, how was that process for you? Um, well, so I think first of all, it was it was made as as easy as it it could be by um, you know by you guys, other coaches. Um, that communication was always there, um, and so the reasoning behind you know it wasn't like a, a competition. It was you know we know that we're all on the same program, and we're we're trying to get players to varsity at the end of the day. Um, so that that progression um, is is good to see. Um, but obviously, you know, we've all got our own teams that we have got to think about. Um, and of course, there's the um, psychology of, of seeing other players um, move, moving up or if if a player does move up for one game, but then then comes back in, into my squad and, and how that, um, you know, can can work with one of the player psychologies. But I think, you know, one of the, the first people that, that got called up was... Um, the person that had just been voted as the captain for, for my team, um, which of course uh, was difficult. And him himself, was he was sort of in, in turmoil about whether he should go or not. Cause um, you know, we had quite a few, a few chats together about um, whether he thought he should stay and, and be this sort of leader for the, the JJV squad or whether he, sh- he should push himself and, you know, ultimately, he came to the, the decision that he did want to push himself. And I think he got a lot of um, enjoyment and definitely benefited from from moving into um, the JJV squad. But then I'm, you know, left, which is great to him. And I was happy to see that. But of course, I'm left with then a squad that is now lost their voted in captain, um, mm. which was hard to see. And um, unfortunately, when a lot of them, you know, wanted to have the fun, I can't use the use him as a role model to motivate yourself into that team as well because a lot of them didn't care about going into that team they just wanted to play with with their mate who had now um 
gone into that team. But I think, um, you know, you you've got to be able to to understand that the people, you know, they do want to move, and I think the players do eventually understand that. And you just got to create as best team unity as as you can, um, knowing that players are going to come up and and down as as the season goes on. Yeah, and I, I just wonder with that sense, did you, um, again, you don't have to go into any detail on this, but did you have to sort of amend your, your approach on game day um, based off of obviously players that you, you no longer had for either, either a specific game or sort of going forward? Um, I think I should have done. But I didn't. Um, I think I had this this whole plan set out of how how we were going to play, and a lot of it actually relied on on the player that that Len left, which um, I probably should have seen a lot a lot earlier. But it, it left a um, defensive midfield role, which we um, didn't really have anyone else in the squad, and I tried to maybe shoehorn players into that role rather than looking at other ways um to to adapt adapt the style of play so i think that's something i'm gonna look at going into next season is is the um look at the players i've got and then make sure that the the system fits them and we can highlight the the strengths of of the players rather than sort of forcing players into into positions of a formation that I think would work. Yeah, great point there. I, I think you've kind of touched on it as well there in terms of lessons that you, you've sort of learned and that you would look to address next year. And, and this is the thing when, when I, I felt I've, um, whenever I've coached there is there always seems to be lessons. You, you learn lessons, I think, a lot quicker in that environment. Um, and there seems to be lots more of them um and maybe it's because it's a shorter season um that's that's up for debate i guess but the i guess the question now would be what if if you had to sort of restart the season now um what would be the the lessons that you would look to address now um yes yeah, i totally agree with you it is it's sort of a weird one asl it's kind of like a, a different um environment it is it's sort of the team that I use that I use for my my lessons my trial and error I think I, this could work and and that's the team you know I'd, I'd use that on them and I, I I learn things a lot a lot quicker there um and it's something that I think about all throughout the year um if I get a good idea I'm like oh this is something I could use at ASL um so yeah there's there's a few things I suppose there's a lot of um questions that that come up i guess because there's you spend a lot of of time with um the kids in such a short space of time um that you're you see different things that you don't necessarily see at, with your your grassroots teams um i suppose there's things like uh the players often come out earlier than when the session sort of would normally start um, that's because you know we have a big chunk of time and if they happen to get there 
early, then, you know, sometimes you don't want to start too early as they burn out by the end and you sort of want to space it. Um, but there's things I've been thinking about to maybe try and keep them engaged, not spending, um, but not spending too much of their energy uh, early on before we get to the actual um, <laughs> meat of the session. Um, so, I've yeah, I've done a lot of sort of reading, listening to some podcasts as well. There's some interesting theories about um, companies that uh, spend, that give their employees like i think i can't remember what company it might be google or something but they give their employees like 20 percent time uh which means which means that 20 percent of uh their time they can do basically uh whatever they want as long as so like they have that their scheduled time in and then they have 20 percent where they can basically do whatever they want and if they come up with ideas that they can bring to the company then then great. And the, the company just says, as long as you get your work done, you can have this 20% off time, basically. Um, I was wondering about things that we can, that, you know, we could bring into that where you, you know, there's so much equipment at ASL, you could say, okay, boys, you've got 20 minutes, you can work on whatever you want, whether that be shooting, defending, if you just come to me with like a planned thing that you want to do, then you can do that for 20 minutes. And then potentially that might be a way that they can get more more engaged they can get their shooting out early if they want to do it as long as it's in like a structured way um, and then hopefully that might bring a little bit more focus to to the actual session yeah that's an interesting idea actually um i think you are correct i i'm pretty sure it is google uh okay. <laughs> wait for the corrections to to fly in but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure i've heard that one as, as google okay. that's that's interesting um you mentioned like sort of right at the start of that answer uh about trial and error coaching now i wondered if this was something that you considered to be a quality that a, a really good coach needs to have yeah yeah i think so um i mean it, it can it can maybe sound a bit um like oh you need to give the players you know your best you can't be trialing things and wasting a session but i think as a coach um, you need to be to be learning and if you're not making mistakes then you're not learning at all so you need to be able to have that and I think you know it's a one-off mistake and then every session after is going to be better for it whereas if you stick to the to the same thing over and over again you're just learning the same thing over and over again so if you've um, someone once said that if you're coaching the same thing for 10 years then you're not you have you're not a coach with 10 years experience you're a coach with one year experience of 10 years of the same thing so i think you've got to have that that variety and be able to try things make mistakes and then you learn from it and you're just constantly um improving improving your coaching throughout yeah i like that little phrase that was good that little sound there that was that's very good um okay so just to sort of bring to a, a conclusion that you know your coaching journey from this year just gone um what would you say has been your highlight for you personally um so asl has been uh, a big part for me i think it's developed my my coaching a lot being able to work um you know that much in such a, a short space of time being able to to coach and and learn from it as we talked about 
Um, doesn't necessarily, sorry, doesn't necessarily have to be ASL. Can be with Camden. Um, I just yeah, meant more so in the past year. If there's been maybe not just one one highlight, maybe there's 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 a few that are kind of similar level, um, but just just moments that you you feel um, really pleased about on reflection. Okay, I'll give I'll I'll do two then. So there's one which was with with Candom Ladies, which um, that was when um, we had an okay start to the season, and then we had a bit of a bit of a dip. Um, and there was just one sort of um, match where where we we really didn't play well. Um, me and Prani are, are driving home, and you sort of said like, "What can we do to turn this around?" Um, we both went and had a think, um, and eventually I was looking at it, and I decided that our formation probably didn't didn't suit how we were playing. Uh, I think it was a, a four three three, um, but. Really, we we weren't we didn't score from crosses a lot, so the width wasn't wasn't really helping us, um, mm-hmm. and we needed to bolster our defence. So I suggested changing to a five uh, three two, um, and I think it was the next game. Uh, so the first game we played with that with that formation, we uh, against a team I don't we weren't expecting to be. I think we went on to win two uh, nil. Um, oh, which was, um, yeah, that was just a real <laughs> a buzz that I hadn't really sort of experienced before when you make that sort of call in it and it pays off massively like that. Um, the other one, I think probably my main highlight um, would be, um, I suppose if I was going to chop it down into, into a small, like a day, it would be the, um, I delivered a 30 minute session at university um, towards the end of, of the term, which was just to sort of um, put into practice, I suppose, everything that, that we'd learned. And I think that 30 minutes is, is really one of my best sort of coaching that I'd, that I'd done. And I, I looked at myself and was like, I've, how far I've come since, since the year before. I mean, it's really been building across, I think this whole term has been, um, massive for me but to to see it in that that 30 minutes of the having the the confidence to pause the session give the coaching detail the one-to-ones that um a lot of things that I hadn't been putting into my sessions I I was able to and had started to with with Camden and and stuff as well so I think yeah that that term and specifically that that session I think um it's been a big big turning point for me nice nice um so just building on on from that really, um, and I've got a few. I hope you don't mind a few general questions about your your coaching yep. journey, if that's that's okay. Um, so let's let's go back to what you you mentioned. Obviously, you doing a bit of rugby coaching. Um, is there any transferable skills that you you picked up um, between coaching rugby and coaching football? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, similarities in 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 the coaching um, styles and just general sort of coaching of, of kids. Um, I think probably the the main thing um, that I picked up, which was useful going into the um, under 13 girls team, was 
Um, with the tag rugby, there's a lot of, well, we were working in, in primary schools and there was a lot of fun um, games and stuff that I hadn't been uh, exposed to before, especially not playing football at younger ages. So I don't know if they'd, they would have done games like these, but there was a lot of um, fun games that just involved running and, you know, getting balls from one place to the other and that would involve the core skills of, of rugby, um, which um, I was then able to, to transfer into, into football um, pretty much by just putting the ball on the floor rather than holding it in your, <laughs> in your hands. Um, so I think, yeah, a lot of those, those sort of games, I, I took notes as I was, was coaching because I knew they would, they'd come in handy eventually. Um, also in, in rugby, I think there is a lot of um, detail on, on individual things. So like passing, because that can be very alien to kids, the type of passing, you know, they sort of want to throw it one handed or, or whatever. So you have to go into the detail of the hands on the ball placement um, and the wrist movement that, that would be needed. Um, so I think that's something that can go um, amiss in, in football coaching. Sometimes it's easy, you know, if they if they're turning up to football training, they know that they pass with the, the foot. And I think, you know, most people will pass, you know, well enough that it, it can get sort of missed by coaches that they don't go into that detail um i certainly haven't seen a a coach that's actually broken down the the elements of passing at at younger ages um which i think is something that that can be really useful and that's that's something that um that i was able to utilize from having that with with the rugby coaching and put into the um under 13 teen girls team um which was just yeah just breaking down the elements of passing and which type of pass to use and then some might not pick that up straight away, but it was at least in their head so that they know, okay, that actually probably wasn't the right pass. And if they go home and practice, then they then they have that that information. Even if you don't spend too much time on it in the training session, if it's just a telling them in a 10 minutes of a little bit of practice, you know, you don't have to drill it in for half an hour. Just them having the information can, can be really useful. Yeah. And um, just building on from that, really, uh, did you have a, a preference as to coaching boys or girls? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, they're both they're both very, very different. Obviously, I haven't coached um, boys and, and girls of the same age group yet, um, so there there could be some some differences there. But I think they're both. Um, a lot of fun I, to be fair I thought going into it that I would and I'd, I'd want to coach um, boys more um, but I guess that was just what what I knew um, but actually having coached coached both I, there isn't really really a preference um, I seem to have more experience working with with girls at the moment um, but but who knows I'll be I'd be happy to go into go into either really both both great fun nice um Looking back, was there ever a coach that really stood out to you that inspired you to become the coach you are? Um, ooh, so I suppose um, there was one coach at college um, who was really helpful. Like when I said I wanted to be a coach, he 
um, was helping me out loads and would talk to me during sessions and, and point things out, um, which, which helped on my sort of progression to university. And then I think a university, obviously we've got so many great um, coaches available and they're all um, really helpful. But I think one coach that stands out um, is uh, Kevin Green, who um, he works at uh, London FA. I think he's the London FA regional um, tutor. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been a massive help, I think, just because he's he's able to sort of read where people how much effort people are willing to put in um, and he can see that about your coaching and he'll give you feedback um, you know according to that so there's some people on my course that um, don't seem to don't really coach outside much and don't put as much effort in and so their feedback they don't get as much um, from him because he can tell they're not putting in the effort whereas if if you show yeah. you are, then he's he he comes in with really good feedback, and he he gives you at that le- that next level stuff that sort of you wait for B feedback that you know I'm looking to to progress onto. Mm. And just on some of that feedback you've you've had, I guess um, I I really want to sort of hone in and and try and um, find out from you what you believe your your strength is as a coach. Um. So I think I've always sort of seen myself more as a, a people sort of person. I like to focus my sessions around um, the players themselves. Um, so I think probably my ability to convey across to the players what, um, what it is we're trying to achieve in each, each session, keeping everyone engaged in the session, um, it's probably probably something that um, I'd say is one of my strengths, and then you know the, maybe the the tactics side and the element um, is something that I need to to go into more detail on and, and work on. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in the same boat there. I need to work on that as well. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things that you can never stop learning and never oh, stop yeah. developing in. So. Uh, it, it, that's that's a fair point uh what would you say makes a great coach what qualities do you think uh, a great a great coach sort of possesses um so the first one that i've i'd, I'd always say um to any coaches you need to be adaptable um and i think that's that's something that um is really crucial to be able to change your style your tactics to suit um the situation that you're in um whether that's because of the age group uh, the gender um how well you know the people um there's so many different uh factors in football that you can't have a one size fits all approach um it just it just doesn't work in my opinion so i think you've got to be able to to be adaptable and and that will come with um the trial and error uh, I suppose as well if you're willing to try different things make those mistakes then you're going to have a bigger arsenal of of coaching um, approaches that that you can utilize. Cool and um, I, I know we touched on it earlier in terms of 
obviously what gender you 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 had a pref if you had a preference to coach him but was there an age group that you now that you've sort of had a taste of a, a couple different age groups was there an age group that you you preferred working with or were they all uh did they all possess sort of positives and you can't choose between them um yeah no they definitely do have have their positives um so i liked with the under 15s you know it was 11 aside i could be a little bit more serious and i could um you know really drive sort of the best out of the players by saying you know that they that they probably expected better than from themselves if they weren't you know hitting the mark you know work rate wise and concentration wise um so i i enjoyed enjoyed that um but then with with the under 13 age group you know that was also a time where i could um turn up and be a little bit silly with with my <laughs> coaching and and could really you know have have fun with it um and yeah especially with i suppose with with the under 13 girls they um they have a lot of different um fun um during sessions that um i don't know if the under th- would be the same with under 13 boys but um you know getting involved with tiktoks and stuff at the end of season um so yeah i it's pros and cons um i think more long term i'd probably be more inclined to work with sort of maybe older age groups um but it's it's definitely great fun working with the younger ages (laughs) yeah there's no denying that um (laughs) what if any if any sort of thinking back to when you first sort of stepped into coaching were were there any uh challenges that you faced because you entered the game so late from a playing perspective uh yeah there definitely definitely has been a lot of um challenges uh things like not knowing um maybe the the classic football fun games that you might do at younger ages that you know most people that have played at that age would know um general um things like match day organization how things ran generally i i had little idea um on how how things would actually um go and um yeah only playing two seasons of of youth football um i didn't uh didn't have much chance either getting to pick up on what the coaches did and how that changes throughout the age groups as well. Um, and I, so I only had really one or uh, two coaches before I went to college. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't been able to pick up as much um, different coaching styles or different sessions and, and drills. But um, I suppose going to college helped out with that, um, where I was able to pick up a lot of advanced um sessions and and um doing that five days a week sort of compacted a Mm. lifetime of football into into two years um which was helpful but yeah definitely at the younger ages missing out on that um definitely means that i was uh had a bit of catch-up to do in my first first season if if someone sort of listening in was was in a similar position to you um back then you know, what sort of advice would you give someone who wants to get into coaching but has sort of entered the, the, the playing side quite late? 
Um, was there any bits of advice that you would give them at all? Um, so starting out, I suppose, you know, if you go do go into into a coaching role, you can you can do research on um, that age group. Um, there's loads of sessions online. But if you can go and watch um, other coaches, if you're part of a club and you can go and watch different the different age groups, I spent um, two weeks with the um, the under fives, under six sort of sessions at, at Kinja before I went to the under 13s, which was uh, really helpful because they do a lot of, you know, fun games and stuff, um, which might not always be 100 percent you know football development is about getting the kids used to to kicking a ball in a in a fun way so if you can go and experience the other the other age groups just watch coaches even if it's just you know watch one session you can you can pick up on um their their style and approach even if you don't agree with it or you think they're not doing it great you can watch it and go okay i wouldn't do it that way but if they'd done it like this and then you can put that in into your own session um and then, yeah, you can. I I watched online when I first um, took the under 13s. I watched um, YouTube clips of of um, under 13 girls tournaments and things like that to get have a gauge of of what standard um, I'd be working with and and the sessions and stuff and the play style. So, yeah, you can you can pick up experience. Um, from from loads of different things, just just watching, and you've just got to got to throw yourself at it to to make sure you're learning as as much as possible. Brilliant. And just on top of that, really, what um, what advice if if you had some for sort of a young coach who you know is stepping into an environment where there's you know, lots lots of older people around them? Um, any advice as to to how that young coach can can obviously better themselves and and uh, make make their situation a, a success really so yeah it's it's been you know there's there's challenges of of being a young um coach in in an environment where you know you might have um you know there's a lot average age of coaches could be sort of 40 or so you know you get a lot of lot of old coaches i'm quite lucky that um at Kinja, you know, we've got a wide um, variety. They, you know, you have a lot of young coaches at, at Kinja as well. So it felt like a more known environment to me. Um, but as a young coach going in, you've got you to throw yourself at it, get as much um, experience as you can. It is going to be a lot of um, volunteering. And I would say you've got to get a variety of, of experience early on. So um obviously it's it's hard because you don't want to be the the journeyman kind of thing where you, you keep changing <laughs> team but i think if you're you know willing to stay within a club and maybe change age group um get different experience of that then i think most clubs will be be willing to to accommodate that and i think just don't let your age hold you back there's been a few you know opportunities where you might look at it and think oh i'm too young for this haven't got enough experience um i never would have thought i'd be coaching an an adult team at age 19 i was when i started um so it is daunting at first but you gotta throw yourself at it apply for jobs roles even if you don't think you're going to get it because 
if you get an interview or whatever, then that itself is going to be um, a good experience. So just always be challenging yourself, especially at, at younger ages. You've always got to be pushing yourself outside your comfort zone because if you're if you're getting comfortable, then you're not developing as much as you could be. Great advice there. Great advice. Um, we're down to our final two questions, Quinn, and, and I, I promise you these ones will be quick ones. Um, so thank you for your time. Um, so, yeah, the penultimate question would be, what have you been doing uh, during lockdown in terms of coaching wise to either develop yourself or with, with the Camden uh, ladies side? Like, are you doing anything during this lockdown that helps your your coaching, essentially? Yeah, so um, I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to have um, chats with the um, middle school director at um, ASL, who's uh, very experienced within within the game of, of football, and um, he's been helping me a little bit with um, sorting out your my online profile. Uh, so LinkedIn is is a massive one um, for me, and and having that organized and looking good can can make a, a massive difference which I think a lot of young people I certainly wasn't aware of it uh, where it could be used within in the football sense I just thought it was for you know business kind of people um, but if you can get on get on LinkedIn it's it's massive um, if you're a younger coach uh, just getting your get your experience out there and you can connect with people I've been messaging um a few various people trying to get um, video calls where I can just they can just tell me about their experience or arranging things going forward to potentially shadow um, academy coaches. So I was fortunate enough to talk to someone who's doing an online course at UCFB, um, but he's actually a on the currently one of the four people who's on the elite the FA's elite coach mentorship. Um, oh wow so he's getting loads of experience working with England sort of youth teams and being thrown into that in elite environment which is what that that program does so to be able to talk to him about his experience into into getting that is been been really valuable and I can now introduce some of that uh, into my coaching most definitely um, okay so we're, we've arrived at the final question uh, well done, Mr. Quinnan. Um, so I guess really the place to end would be for us to find out what your ambition is longer term in terms of your coaching. Do you have aspirations of getting to the top or are you happy staying at a grassroots level? Um, so this is something that I think is, is really important. You've got to let people know um, what you're aiming to achieve. Um, so for me, I do... Um, I see myself in, in first team management um, and I've, I've sort of said to myself that I want to definitely at some point be um, managing a um, sort of semi-professional, at least semi-professional um, men's team within the next sort of um, 10 years or so. And that's because I think I need, that's something that I've, wanted to do and I need that experience whether that's going to be something I do long term and stick with I don't know it's something I need to experience before I can say whether I want to do it or not 
Um, but you know, the the dream would for me would be at the moment I see um, would be working professional football, being being the manager of of a, of a top club, men's or women's. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I see myself at the moment. Um, various different things that I need to experience first, like academy, um, football, a men's grassroots team. Um, so these are all things that that I've got to pick up. But but yeah, I, I do first team management is where where I see myself, and the higher I can climb, the the better. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And um, I'm sure you can make that. I'm sure you can do that. Um, <laughs> and uh, best of luck on that journey. But um, thanks very much. We're obviously rooting for you. So. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, Quinton, how can anyone listening in follow you on social media should they wish to? Um, so, yeah, I've got um, Twitter's probably probably the best one. I'm sure if you just type in Quentin Hode, um, it'll come up. There's not too many of Quentin <laughs> out there, so um, should be fairly easy. Um, yeah, I post some some coaching stuff on there, so that that probably be the best place to go. Okay, brilliant. And um, you can also follow Halftime Cuppa on Twitter using our handle at halftime underscore cuppa. And my personal account is at dannycook1996, should you wish to follow some tweets about Norwich. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As mentioned at the start of the show, all the previous episodes are now available to catch up on our website, halftimecuppa.com, as well as iTunes and Spotify uh, just by searching for Halftime Cuppa. Thank you again, Quinton, for coming on today and sharing your knowledge. Uh, Thank you very you... much for having me. Not a problem, not a problem at all. Um, and uh, until next time, stay safe and goodbye.